Hi, my name's Dave Harper from Frank and the Heartstrings and Pop Rex here in Sunderland. The thing about starting a podcast that no one ever tells you is that it's like a big splat on the page of your diary, over many pages of your diary. And it weaves its way into your schedule there on in. If you're going away, remember going away? You'll think, well, I'm away when I'm due to share a podcast. So you try and get ahead. In the case of this podcast, which is primarily somewhere where I interview bands and musicians, you try to get a bank a bunch of interviews in reserve and then you can queue some up. But when something like the passing of Dave Harper occurs, a man who I can't think of anything that I have done in with music without his rakish presence looming over. You're there and you're thinking, I'll put this episode out, this interview with a band. But I couldn't do that this week. I did try. I sat down and started fiddling with the audio editing software and then this is a podcast about music I can't do a podcast about music without talking about Dave Harper Dave is the drummer in the Sunland indie pop band Frankie and the Heartstrings He's also the co-owner of the Pop Rex shop, a cafe, come, live space, come, record shop, that felt like it was weathering storms from the moment it opened, such as the way with independent business, and yet kept going and kept going and kept going. an unbelievable achievement in a town that he loved and that I love. I wrote some words. I put them in the show notes. And at first I thought, I'll read those. I'll I'll read those words. And the thing with writing, and the thing that has always appealed to me about it, is that I'm better at writing than I am at speaking. I hate being misunderstood. I find it less likely to be misunderstood when I write things down. I'm good at writing. I can craft things. I can craft what I'm trying to say. When I speak, 
there's too much going on in my head. I find it hard to articulate what I'm thinking. But Dave Hopper was one of the realest dudes that I know. So it didn't feel right to speak words that I'd spent time crafting. It felt like I needed to say something that was unfiltered. And normally when I do podcasts, I do them in a little a little room, a little spare room that I'm lucky enough to have in the flat that I live in East London. And it's right next to a fairly busy road. There's an egg processing plant down the street from us. Me and my wife joke about it. Mr. Egg. He wakes us up most mornings. A guy that comes in a van with a big cartoonish picture of an egg on the side. There's a lot of traffic on our road. And normally when I'll record a podcast, I'll put a bed of music under me speaking because there's so many cars driving by. But again, I felt like that wasn't something that I should do when I'm talking about Dave Harper, a very real man. And then I started to make some music. I started to try and make some music that would be that bed. And it was all right, actually. All kind of soft, warm, fuzzy, electric piano and and all I could think of when I was trying to flesh it out, all I could hear in my head was Dave Harper calling me a twat. I had this, I had a, what was like a, a chocolate-based stew with prunes. It was the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. Because like I say, that dude was real. I, I can't think of memories of playing in bands, watching bands, even just pootling around Sunderland as a young man, rummaging through crates in record shops and working out how I wanted to look by rummaging through racks of clothes in Sunderland's charity shops. Sunderland's got fucking loads of charity shops. Not as many charity shops as there are places that sell baked goods, but a lot of charity shops. When I think of Sunderland, I think of at least the time when I arrived, how half the city spelt of Vaux's Brewery. Half the city smelled of hops. I think of Niall Quinn and Kevin Phillips banging them in. 
And I think of Dave Harper. He was Sunderland to me. I've been lucky in my 41 years that I haven't lost many people who mattered to me. My grandparents went fairly early in my life and they they really did matter to me. But I was young. I don't think I really understood the finality of their passing at that point. But then there was a long period of time where I didn't know much about grief. I didn't have to face up to it. And then in recent years, there's been a succession of people who mattered to me, who've passed away. Sometimes I just want to say out loud to someone who listen, which I guess is what I'm doing now, of I just wish people would stop leaving. And when I heard about Dave... don't think I've ever felt shocked like it. When Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones died the other day, I had to write something about it for the enemy, and it was a total honour. I fucking love the Rolling Stones. The guy was 80. You feel differently when people pass when they're 80. And I made a joke on Twitter about how I didn't think that a member of the Rolling Stones could die of natural causes. But I think when I think about that joke in relation to Dave, I think I mean it. <laughs> like that guy, I thought that guy was immortal. I mean... If you didn't know him, if you didn't take the time to know him, if you were incapable of knowing him, if there was something about yourself that stopped you from knowing him. And I was one of those people for some time. I met him when I was 18, knocked about with him a bit, didn't always understand him. And I couldn't understand him. And that was something to do with my OCD. Not something to do with my OCD. It was all my OCD. There's been times in my life where I've just been so... (laughs) This isn't a podcast about OCD. But if I can try and explain... When my OCD was very bad, which it really has been until very recently, I'm in a good place at the moment. I've had some really good treatment. I understand it now. But when it was very bad, you could talk to me and I 
would listen. But there was so much other stimuli going on. I'd be looking at your eyebrows. I'd be looking at how many times you blinked. I'd be thinking about the intonation of what you said. And all of those things would feed into paranoias and obsessions I had about people disliking me, thinking I was a bad person. Or even stranger, more irrational fears than that. That's OCD. Chances are a lot of people listening to this will know me well. You might even listen to the OCD podcast, the OCD Chronicles, that I do regularly. And you might know more about me and more about my OCD and more of the struggle with it. But at the same time, Dave was, and I think he would have dug this, a public figure. Chances are you'll be listening to this and you won't know me. And you might not know what OCD really is. You might think it's a hand-washing quirk. Something that people with OCD battle all the time. But it's really like someone other than yourself grabbing at the steering wheel that is your brain. And it's hard to navigate with people. But when someone's like Dave, who is so opinionated and coarse and abrasive, I sometimes find it a nightmare. And we've walked past all these famous people. Obviously, you don't give us the time of day, which is fair enough. But um, <laughs> seeing Michael Davis, he's the only, only person I want to, talk to, to shake his beard. I've seen him on Guess Who a few times. And that breaks my heart. Because when I heard the news that he passed today, it just I felt like I'd been denied all of the other times, more of the other times that I had with Dave. Times where he would make me laugh, like I haven't laughed before. Just filthy, filthy, dark, surreal twisted humour just articulated so much of what I love about the city of Sunland and I have those memories I have those conversations that I had with him in my mind I'm so lucky that I had those we, we all are everyone who came in contact with Dave but I could have had more but this fucking illness stopped me. If Dave, if Dave was listening right now, I think that he would think that I was wanging on. We were friends, but I think sometimes he thought that I was too emotional too sensitive and I am I am those things but hey we are who we are and I'm those things 
And Dave Arthur was a fucking legend. A total legend. They say this thing when people die, they say they're irritated. They're <sighs> they say that they're irreplaceable. There's a currency of grief, phrases, and cliches that are trotted out. And people probably mean them when they say them. But I know that if someone said, this person is irreplaceable, they, can't, they, they wouldn't mean it. Like, you wouldn't mean it if you were talking about Dave Harper. That guy was the most unique person I think I've ever met. You can't fill a hole left by Dave Harper. If, you, if you're part of the Sunderland music scene, which I haven't been for many years, but the time in the time I was, it was everything to me. But if you remember the Sunderland music scene, you can't replace Dave Harper. And that's even before talking about what he meant as a person to people. If, you're, if, you, if you were friends with Dave Harper, you have lost something seismic you've lost something enormous you've lost someone who gave a shit about you about the world about the city about poverty about inequality about realness you can have all the friends in the world but that's a loss I can hear him, man. I can hear him telling me to stop being a fucking wuss. He wouldn't say wuss. He would use a word that isn't me. I can't say that word. Any of those words. If you didn't know Dave Harper, that guy loved music. I first met him on a dance floor at Sunderland University, when I first turned up. He's dancing to Killing of a Flashboy by Suede, which is a B-side. It's crazy that it was a B-side. It's better than almost every other song they recorded for about ten years after. But you meet these people, and I've met a few of them having worked in music and played music and been part of this Sunderland music scene which changed my life. You meet these people who music's like oxygen or food or water to them. Like they sizzle with it. Sweet. And is there anything that I, I, I know it's uh, sometimes this is an annoying question to ask sometimes but is there anything you can reveal about the album anything that we can know about it now? Probably is the best record ever made. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to call it the, no, that's what I call the best of music. Like, it's not even just something to listen to. It's a... It's a roadmap for who they are. And Dave was one of those people. 
you don't do something like pop wrecks for years and years and years and years if you don't care about music or care about people. OCD makes me worry about so many things. I worry that he knew how loved he was. I think he probably knew. I worry about if he knew he was respected. He'd probably say he didn't care. But we all care. I can't. I can't imagine what the world looks like without him. And I worried so much about what he thought about me, and I worried whether he liked me. That's nothing special to Dave. I think that about everyone. That's OCD. I remember sitting in this nightclub with him once. I can't even remember what it was called, but there was this trendy, cool, hipster, upstart club night somewhere in Newcastle. And I remember once that going to this night and the flyers for this night were bananas and they'd written the details of the club night on the bananas. And in the club, they'd covered all the walls with tinfoil. Sort of like someone had read a biography of Andy Warhol but it was cool I remember sitting on the steps with Dave at this club night and we were talking about art and music and it was a difficult conversation I felt critiqued by him I'm sure he called me naive a number of times our vision for stuff was different. It's not quite chalk and cheese, but sandpaper and jelly. But I don't think we were that different. We both knew the working class experience. We were born into that. He knew that about me. And I grew up with poverty all around us and I know what it feels like and it's going to be the community that saves the community in our opinion. He knew, strangely enough, the village that I grew up in. He would say to me often that He was amazed that I had turned out like I had, given where I had come from. I think he had relatives there. 
Now, I'm not from Mordor, but I'm from a village that has had it hard. There's not a lot of money there, not a lot of opportunity there. And when he would talk about him growing up, I could see parallels. And maybe that's why we turned out how we did. Maybe that's why I became over-emotional and sensitive and why he lived a lot of his life like he was a pit bull pushed into gold lame pants. I don't think we were that different. If you're a fan of the Sunland music scene, if you're a fan of the music that's been produced by the Sunland music scene, of which there are more people than that were in the Sunland music scene, but fuck me, that was a great scene for a while. If you're a fan of the Golden Virgins or Future Eds or film music or This Ain't Vegas or Frankie and the Heartstrings or Maximo Park or... There's a lot of bands that I was lucky enough to share... I was lucky enough to share some of the best times of my life in. Whether he was on those records or not, Dave Harper is. Dave Harper is all over the Sunderland music scene. He's in it. He's in the notes. He's in the ink on the artwork. I think that'll do. I'm sorry there's no regular episode this week. I hope you understand. Like I say, me and music is me and Dave Harper. The things are inseparable. Life's fucking unfair. It's cruel. Tell the people that you love them, you love them. Don't make excuses. Try not to be shackled by your insecurities or your disordered thinking. Who knows where Dave is now? If he's anywhere at all, but... I really had a lot of love for you, man.